What's up, everybody? This is Zach from SDGC. We are in for another episode of After Hours. Today, I am sitting down with Justin to talk about Battlefield Five. Justin, how are you? How are you, Zach? I'm I'm good. I'm good. Uh, so, Justin, I think we'll start with maybe the most lackluster part of the game. It's single-player offering. Yeah, so um, I have played through all of the war stories. Um, there was actually one added in the most recent update. And I'm going to talk about a little bit about that. Because um, when the game first launched, they're like, oh yeah, it's launching with four, and there will be a fifth one added. Well, one of the ones that they counted is like a 10-minute long tutorial. That's not even... <laughs> that's just kind of like jumping between it's very similar to the battlefield one intro where you kind of just jump between different soldiers um which is cool but i don't think that really counts as a full one especially because like you don't really choose to play it right yeah you 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 just play until it's the scripted time that your soldier dies (laughs) yeah it's uh it's i mean but okay like that that i I like that i like that idea for an intro but like Counting it as an entire yeah. war story was really stretching it. Yeah, it's it's definitely a pretty cheap, uh, pretty cheap addition. Okay, so I have played one of the the uh, war stories, one of the the full length ones, in addition to the prologue. Um, on the highest difficulty, I found it entertaining, but I think you and I are both on the same page that uh, some of the design here just just doesn't quite work. Yeah, for me, like, and this is an issue I think I've had with every single dice campaign since uh, Bad Company Two is they've been trying to be like, oh, we're Battlefield, so let's be open and give players choice because that's a key tenant of Battlefield. But unfortunately, it's just kind of open for the sake of being open. It's not real. There's not really like a well-designed, there's not really well-designed encounters (laughs) or anything. Um, It's just like each war story has a part, except for the one that was added in the recent patch. Um, has a moment where it's like, oh, here's three places. You just have to get to them in any order. But it's like just a giant map that you have to wander around. And a lot of it forces you into stealth. Um, and the game right. doesn't have the mechanics to really support stealth all that well. Um, right. Well, and, it, and it, I, I think the stealth sections, when they work, which is very limited, uh, when, when, the, when you're on a linear path, I think the stealth works okay yeah. because it really hones it in. But what I find frustrating is more often than not, this single player is tutorializing some of what you're expected to, to pick up for multiplayer. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, like, um, and the parts where you do go exploring and you do find the weapon caches that have... Like, oh, this has a suppressed weapon. It's like, guess what? This is like five shots. Um, yeah. So um, it's really kind of frustrating if you try to play it the way it seems like it's supposed to be. But it's also overly hard if you try to play it guns bla- blazing like you want to. Um, right. Although, stealth-wise, I do think the um, Norwegian campaign uh, is a lot better. It's kind of a bit more designed around having stealth and you have throwing knives and stuff that one was actually kind of cool um but yeah like and story-wise i think all of them are actually kind of interesting like the whole untold stories of world war ii thing i think is a neat idea um yeah they're all just too short though to really be effective like a lot of them have like um the trier uh war story which is the um African French forces. Uh, that one is a really cool idea, and but it kind of just focuses on, hey, you're not going to hear this in history books, which is cool that they're focusing on it, but a lot of it is built on the relationship between, 
you know, the friendship of the two main characters, but you don't know either of them or their relationship except for the, you know, just this little hour long segment and they're not even together for part of it and stuff. So it kind of just undermines what they were going for. Um, right. Well, and each of these clocks in it, like maybe an hour of gameplay, uh, uh which the, is really the problem, yeah, right? Yeah. The, um, yeah, like three of the four, cause I'm not going to count the prologue. Uh, yeah. Um, are about 45 minutes to an hour. The Norwegian one was about an hour and a half. It's a little bit longer. Um, and it seems like that one has the most like conscious design put into it of the ones that are in the base game. Right. Uh, that one's really neat. Um, and like, I li- again, I like the ideas behind it, but it's not all that well executed. Um, and right. one thing I want to mention is the challenges system, which kind of a neat idea. Like, there's some challenges in single player, and you you can unlock. Um, custom like melee weapons for multiplayer or a tank skin uh, for the newest one. Um, but if you lose your internet connection, the entire challenge system is deactivated and you would have to quit out to the main menu, reconnect, and then go back into the single player mission for them to even track the collectibles you find or if you Oof. do the challenges and stuff. And like I was just sharing a video from it. Um, so, you know, I, I'm playing on PS4, so I just went to, you know, trim the video on t- and post it on Twitter, and it disconnected me from the EA, uh, <laughs> the EA servers, and then none of the stuff I did after that counted towards the challenges, so that was annoying. Yeah, well, and, like, another another big problem here, and we'll get off single-player soon, because it's, it's definitely not the main, the main thing here, but I found the AI to be, uh, pretty poor, pretty bad. Yeah, I, and I don't know what it is, but for some reason, like shooting enemies in the single player of dice games feels really bad to me, even though it feels very satisfying in multiplayer and I can't pinpoint what's different. Um, it just doesn't feel good. (laughs) Um, yeah. Well, I I think I was telling this story, uh, to some of you guys, but I'll, I'll reiterate it where, uh, I was playing on the hardest mode tonight, and I had a silenced sniper rifle, and there were two guys sitting on a bench, and I was 90 degrees away from them, and they were sitting in a way where when their heads lined up, I could get collateral damage, I thought. So I lined it up, and I took a shot, and I hit one of them, but the bullet didn't go through them, which is a, a pretty big component of the multiplayer's collateral damage. Yeah. But rather, and I was like, oh no, the alarms are going to raise. Nope. The guy sitting next to the bench doesn't react as this corpse slumps over next to him, and I'm able to take the time <laughs> to just shoot him again as he sits there kicking his feet back and forth, looking off. Like, it... The AI is just so and, out there that any immersion from the beautiful vistas is yeah. kind of lost. And I actually had the opposite problem most of the time. Like, if anything, like, I would be hiding in a bush way far away from where the enemies were, and they would just spot me. Um, like, clear, like, I was clearly out of their line of sight, and they would spot me and raise the alarm. So, like, I had the right. complete opposite problem where... They were too right. good. Um, they well, were I mean, too like, observant. It just right. It just goes to show that the AI here is is just not at a consistent enough level uh, for me to really recommend somebody come to Battlefield for the single player experience. Yeah, um, I do want to touch on the Last Tiger, which is the war story that was added post launch. It was just added um, with this recent update. It's free. It's not paid DLC, but I thought that was the strongest one and. I mean, I pl- it, you actually are playing as a German sh- soldier, which I have plenty of issues with, you know, playing as a Nazi and the attempt to humanize, you know, 
Ger- German soldiers during World War II, especially when you take out a lot of the imagery. Like, the, the flags are red flags, white circles with just the, like, plus sign symbol that they have for multiplayer, um, which I know is done for, you know, international uh, regulations and stuff, but it's still kind of frustrating. However, um, gameplay-wise and design-wise, I thought that was the strongest one. Um, it's mostly focused around tank battles, and they are quite fun. Um, and a really neat setting. It's kind of in destroyed Rotterdam in the final days of the war. Um, and that one, I thought, was probably the most consistent and well-executed out of all of them. So, um... It's, it's curious that they'd hold something that's so strong uh, for, for post-launch. Yeah, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I, I almost wonder if it maybe just wasn't quite done, <laughs> uh, or if, you know, they had worries about you know, the thematic material of it or yeah, something. Sure. Um, because especially when the initial reviews are going around, uh, you know, that's a risky subject to take and there's plenty to criticize about it. Um, I thought it was handled actually okay. Um, but a lot of it is kind of glossing over the realities of it. There's just kind of a vague line about like, oh, the things we've done can't be taken back. Like they don't really outright confront any of the issues right. that you would have, but like, it was still an interesting, you know, story. Um, yeah. Well, and the good thing about the the good thing about the single player design here is that because all the stories are are separated from one another, you can pick them in any order. So that means if you were just interested in the strongest chapter, what you've been told is the strongest chapter, you can just pick that one. There's no reason to beat the yeah. other levels yeah. first, which is nice. And like, I would recommend if you just wanted to check out the single player stuff, play um play Last Tiger. And play the, uh, I think Nordless was the title, uh, the Norwegian campaign. Mm. Um, okay. That, that one I thought was pretty neat. Um, the, the other two are kind of throwaway. I, I really wish the, the French one had been better because um, I know like the um, French African troops have gotten very overlooked in history books and stuff. Um, and it was a cool story to try to tell. I just didn't think it was that well executed. Gotcha. So I think it's time that we get into like the bulk, uh, the, the mainstay of the Battlefield series, the multiplayer. Yes. Uh, so so the base game launched with eight maps. A ninth one came out the same update as the last Tiger. So there's now nine maps. Uh, so far, I I really really like this multiplayer offering. How about you, Justin? Uh yeah, I I agree. Um, I've been playing Battlefield since 1942. Um, I have. It's the competitive multiplayer series that I play regularly. And um, Battlefield 1 was actually a real letdown for me in the gameplay department. Um, like, especially with, you know, all the, you know, devi- <laughs> random deviation in, you know, shots when you fire weapons. And, like, there was a lot of, you know, explosive spam. There was the elite classes. There was the uh, behemoths. Like, it kind of got away from what kind of the core battlefield experience is. And this right. kind of has pulled it back, refocused on those things, and it feels amazing to play. Yeah, no, I love it. And and one of the, the big things that people aren't aware is that this game, uh, which is a first for the Battlefield series, you have only one health pack when you start, and when you take damage, you can manually heal 
Uh, but then you can't heal again until a medic throws you something or you stop at an, uh, a medic crate. Similarly, with ammo, you have a couple magazines and you're going to need to either pick up ammo off of dead bodies or go to a crate. Uh, and it creates this really, really good tension where more often than not, you're hurt and you're low on ammo and you're in the thick of it. Uh, it just creates this really great tension. Yeah, the the attrition system is really cool. It's something that easily could have gone very wrong, um, but the way it's executed is really good, and I think it also reemphasizes team play and squad play in a very good way that previous games haven't. Um, like, support actually throws ammo in this one, and it's kind of been a long-running joke in the Battlefield community that support players never drop ammo. Um, right. Well, and I think I think one thing I want to touch on that really elevates uh, the importance of of a ammo and b uh, health uh, uh, maintenance here is that the game also added uh, fortifications, which allows the players to manually take time to build up sandbags or dig trenches around them and kind of dig in. Or a snowman. Uh, and I think that's you can or build, a snowman. Yes, you can build yeah. a snowman. Yeah, uh, but I think these like. They're a really subtle change, but in addition to the idea of like, okay, I've got two magazines uh, and I have no way to heal myself, I really need to make sure I'm in a spot where I can't take fire if somebody tries to ambush me. Like, it, it just creates this, this, I don't know, there's something about the tension of like, a grenade's coming and these sandbags are going to go and I need to rebuild them fast. Um, it, it's yeah. just, it really works for me. Yeah, it's really cool. Like, the fortification system isn't anything like Fortnite or something, where you're just building all over the place. Like, they're set around the they're points. Set, yes. Um, which, which I think works a lot better um, for Battlefield. Yep. That was something I was a little bit wary of before I got the chance to play it. But um, it's really cool because there's also, you know, options of how you're going to fortify. It's like, oh, do I build stuff that'll block tanks from coming down this route to this point? Or do I build up stuff that'll allow us to, you know, hold off in infantry better? Um, right. Like, just both the attrition and fortification system um, kind of slow down the gameplay in a good way while raising the tension and, and adding a number of things that you have to think about on top of the typical, oh, which point am I going to capture? Um, where am I going to go? Kind of thing. Um, I think both right. are very positive addition. Right, yeah, and, and I think this is something that people get a little nervous about when you say it slows down the gameplay, but one of the things that I found challenging about Battlefield 1 is that it felt like there was constant chaos, you really never had a chance to like sit back and breathe and wait for the next wave to try to take you on, whereas here, because there's limited health, people will fall back to get more ammo or to wait for friends, and that is an opportunity for you to rebuild fortifications and set up more guns. It, it just really creates this, there's higher highs and lower lows, and that makes for a much more dynamic experience in the multiplayer. Yeah, I agree. I think Battlefield 1 kind of was the way it was, because they were afraid of kind of the stereotype of slow trench warfare, bolt action only rifles from right. World War One, and I think they cranked everything else up to 11 to kind of compensate for that. Yeah. Um, whereas um, this, like, it's, it's more methodical and more tense, but, like, it's not slow-paced by any means. Um, right. Like, especially with, like, the assault weapons, like, you can tear through um, squads and stuff. Like, oh, yeah. It's, um, it's just, like, and I think also just with the way, you know, the crates work, um, because um, another thing is that, say, an, a support throws you an ammo pouch, that's not going to restore... Um, like your explosive weaponry for taking out tanks and stuff. Um, those you have to go to a crate for, or 
the support has to drop their ammo crate, which is less common. Um, right. So I think like it also add, your, it, it adds an element of also just map knowledge. Like, hey, um, I see this tank coming. Am I in a place where I can, you know, fire off my rockets and get more to finish it off, or do I have to just bolt? Which I think is really cool. Right. Right, like, and, and I think what's so effective about what you're talking about is, like, if, if I'm a support player and I throw you ammo, sure, you'll have more more magazines for your rifle, but you're, what really makes you a powerhouse, those explosives or those AT mines you might be able to put down, you have to go out of your way. You, you cannot passively benefit from having a good teammate. You need to actively be working to be the most effective uh, uh, person on the battlefield that you can be. There's just this really fine balance between getting passive buffs from your teammates and having to stick your neck out a little bit to get those those extra benefits. Uh, it's it, so far it really really works for me. Uh, I'm really hoping there's definitely some tweaks that need to be made. Uh, oh yeah. In terms of in terms of how things are balanced right now. Um, for example, sniper rifles have a, a huge glint off of the scope, which is necessary so they don't hide in the back. But it's so aggressive that they're really ineffective whereas if you're an assault trooper with a similar scope as long as you're not a scout class you can use the same scopes and have no glint and have no uh no risk of of hiding in the back no risk of uh, yeah because before yeah. before the intensity used to be based off of the magnification so like you could go with a low magnification sight and not have it but now like the 3x and the 6x sites both have the same uh, same amount of scope glint, which is basically just a spotlight on top of the rifle. Um, right, right. And, like, at the time of recording, this is a big deal. But if you're listening to this months later, it'll probably be fixed. I mean, DICE has been pretty yeah. apt about saying, listen, there are things we know we need to change. They've already uh, nerfed substantial uh, uh, bombing effects at the start of the round that was just wiping whole squads out. Yeah. Um, listen, but, like, that, that gets to our next point. The The core of the experience right now is there. There's some, there's some tweaks that need to be made, but the core is really strong. But, Justin... This game lives and dies on the longevity of its games-as-a-service offering, which they're calling Tides of War. Yeah, um, and this is also new for DICE. This is the first Battlefield game that, since Battlefield 3 that has not had the premium pass. Um, right. And I think, I think, you know, ideally when it was announced, it, sound, you know, it sounds awesome. It's like, oh, we're going to be getting everything for free now. But if you look at their other attempt at doing this, uh, battle, last year's Battlefront 2... Uh, content drops have been slow and kind of meager. So, um, you know, there is this kind of give and take between how is it going to be supported? Well, we got the first Tides of War update, which is why we had waited um, to record this episode, because um, the day one experience for this game was hitting the play button, and there was four squares. Uh, there was, you know, War Stories, there was Multiplayer, Practice Range, coming December 4th. Tides of War, coming December 4th. So it was kind of this weird um, weird moment, but um, we wanted to wait till those were out to really um, talk about it because I think it's very important for the future of this game. Right, right. And I think the beginning of the game is... is or how the game launches what made adoption the first month a little bit rocky uh, is because there were so many asterisks around what's in the game at day one, right? Yeah, uh, and, the the, tides of, the, and the marketing yeah. really focused on a lot of features that they right. had to be like, hey, this isn't coming day one, um, which I think was a big mistake because it made it seem like a big question going around that even I didn't know the answer to till like a couple weeks before launch was what's actually in the game when it launches. Right, 
Right, and so so the bulk of I guess we should get into the what comes with Tides of War in the multiplayer. Uh, so every couple of months they'll be releasing maps. It might even be one or two every every quarter. It seems like is what they're aiming for. Uh, but along with that is also coming new cos uh, cosmetic items, which cosmetic things are actually a new thing for Battlefield. Previously, classes had a specific look. Um, based on the team, but now you can actually customize your headgear, uh, what's on your torso, and what's on your, uh, what kind of pants you're wearing. But also, they've also added vehicle customization. So, I mean, it, it's a lot of new cosmetic stuff, the, right? The weapon customization is actually really cool. That's actually, yeah, that's, that's something I want to talk about. Like, it's, usually it's just, you know, one skin that you blanket apply to the whole weapon. Um, in Battlefield Five, it's by weapon piece. So, like, your muzzle is one thing you can even customize the magazine the sights um the body the receiver the stock the grip um it's really cool because you can kind of mix yep. and match and um it's not just oh i got this one really cool skin so i'm just going to use that you can mix and match and personalize it more even among you know the items that you have that other people might have which i think is really cool right and they're and like you're saying it's not like a a it's not like they're just putting like a a, a PNG over the gun. They're like there are visual differences on how the the weapon is is actually looking. Like the different muzzles aren't just a different color. They're like a different shape. Yeah, so there's all a lot the of like visual. And, and those yeah, don't, that it, doesn't affect gameplay. Um, that is actually something. Um, I wanted to touch on like oh, and another thing it does that's nicely that's nice is with optics for the weapons. Um, you have the base version of every optic that the weapon can use right off the bat. There's right. no grinding to get the dot sight or the scope that you might want to use. Um, the base version is unlocked for every weapon as soon as you get that weapon. Um, right. And, like, the muzzles and grips and stuff are just cosmetic. They are not... They do not infect, uh, affect the performance of the weapon. Um, right. Well, and so... so at launch, there were about a dozen or so weapon skins uh, for each weapon, which was a pretty big deal. It's a lot of content. But now, through Tides of War... Uh, so, basically... Every month, I think there's gonna have a new Tide of War. Yes. Is that is that how it works? Or is that every okay? And it's every four weeks. Um, okay. Every four weeks, and it's and how they're kind of doing it is a neat idea that I do think hurt the game at launch because a lot of what people were expecting from World War II is not in the game yet. But basically, yeah. each month is going to be a different phase of the war, and the stuff that gets added is going to be themed based off of that phase of World War II. Um, right. And right. so eventually I assume that, uh, cause currently the only factions in the game are the British and the Germans. Um, and I assume they'll eventually be adding, you know, other major factions, um, from the war, um, and, yeah. and like weapons and stuff that goes along with them. Right. Well, and so, so going along with each week, so, so there's once a month, there's a new tide of war, but in that each week, there are a set number of challenges and along the way you'll unlock different, uh, cosmetic items, which will kind of, uh, uh, benefit you as a player. So the first week, if you get to the end of all the challenges, you get a new machine gun. Uh, they have said if you miss that week, let's say you're traveling for work and you don't get to play at all, there will be additional opportunities for you to unlock it. So they're not really gating any weapons, which I know was some frustrating pieces of, of Battlefield 1. Yeah, and uh, it's been very it's been a major issue with Premium Pass and Battlefield um, in the past. Right. So yeah, I mean, the challenges are, are usually pretty simple. I mean, it's the first week of it right now, uh, but simple is good because not everybody can put more than, you know, two or three or four hours into a game each week. 
so it seems like the rollout is uh, respective of player time, right? They, they definitely respect that not everybody wants to grind uh, for a new helmet. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it, it seems like it could be meaningful and it seems like a good way to drive long-term engagement. Um, but Justin, I kind of want to talk about what big substantial pieces we're going to see from Tides of War uh, on the roadmap, which currently extends to March of 2019. Yes, um, and the stuff that we have coming up is pretty big. Uh, this first update was a substantial update. It added the practice range, uh, which was a notable thing that was missing at launch. Um, it added a vehicle-focused map called Panzerstorm, and um, that's also pretty notable because a lot of people complained that the base maps were very infantry-focused. Um, well, now we have a very vehicle-heavy map, um, which is great. It added the last Tiger War story and also just provided a lot of balance and bug fixes. Like It kind of just added an extra layer of polish that I think the game really needed. Um, so that was, that was this December update. Um, January, uh, the big headlining um, feature for that is a co-op mode, um, which I think will be very interesting um, to see. There was a co-op mode in Battlefield 4, um, but it hasn't returned since then. Um, so this is kind right. of the return of that mode. February is the return of Rush, which was um, the mode that the Bad Company games were mostly built around. And it hasn't been done as well in the mainline Battlefield games um, since the Bad uh, bad Company series has been kind of on hold or done with. Um, so it'll be exciting to see if they really put in the time to balance that around um, Battlefield 5. And then the big one is in March, which is the Battle Royale mode, um, which since Battle Royale has picked up as a fad, I have wanted a Battlefield Battle Royale so badly. Um, and that is being made by Criterion, um, which is very exciting. So I'm looking forward to all of those. Right. And I think some of the feedback DICE has heard, uh, for better or worse, around this Tides of War, the slow release of new, new modes uh, for the game is, well, why aren't these things here on day one? Uh, which I can kind of understand, but I, I think that the big gamble that DICE is making is if we can drip feed these modes and maps and features, we can elongate the player experience here, uh, which is something they've been trying to do with their games for a while now, right? And also they've kind of sometimes struggled with balancing game modes around the maps when they have too many at once, um, as well as, you know, kind of splitting players between different modes. Um, this has kind of let them focus and i think like some of the maps scale among different modes way better than they have in previous games and i'm hoping that continues throughout um this slow rollout right yeah and i yeah i i think that for the most part it's gonna work i understand people's frustration about wanting all of this content now um and, and a good valid point is someone has said okay well in the past yes we paid for premium we paid for maps and that meant 16 maps in a year which is true but one of the points that DICE has made, for better or worse, is, yes, but we had to rush to get those maps done and released on time, and some of Battlefield 1 showed that. Like, you could tell yeah. some of those maps were rushed to creation. So I think, in theory, with this longer time, the development team should be able to churn out some better balanced maps, if not uh, at the same scale. And also, um, I think more so than any other game series I have played that had, you know, season pass and paid maps, Battlefield's, like 
the size, the number of players on each map dwindled really fast. And for something that was going with large scale conflicts, like it was very difficult to find matches on some of the maps from some of the late expansions, um, yep. which was really unfortunate um, because some of those were really good, but you just couldn't play them. So I'd rather actually be able to play the maps when they come out than right. um, right. you know, just yeah. have them sit, taking up space on my hard drive. Right. And so I, I think, I mean, of course, Battlefield will be a game that lives or dies on DICE's ability to A, count on the player base to sustain itself, but also just deliver on these roadmaps that people are wanting, right? So one of the big frustrations with the single player was that AI was inconsistent. So how is that going to play into the first Tides or the, the first Tides of War co-op experience, right? Are we going to see a refined co-op experience that has strong AI? Or is it going to feel weird because the AI is all over the place, like Justin and I described earlier? So much of this game will will really hinge on DICE's ability to stick to the roadmap and improve where it needs to be improved in a timely manner, right? And that Battle Royale mode, I think, is going to be key. Um, I yeah. think the timing of it will be such that it's not coming out, you know, in as cra- I mean, this spring is pretty crowded, but I think, you know, at that point... I mean, you can even find the game pretty heavily discounted as of this recording, but, like, by then, you know, having a Battle Royale mode... Um, likely seeing it on sale. I think that could be a huge spike to the player base. Um, And I really hope these updates leading up to that and then shortly after, you know, are positive for the game because I think that'll really... um, I think that's going to be really important to the lifetime of this game. Right, right. So, Justin, I think we're going to start ending this here. Uh, Is there anything else you wanted to say about about your time with Battlefield V as of this moment? Um, no, I, I'm very happy with the game. I think I've already put more time into it than I did Battlefield 1. Um, and it's definitely going to have the same kind of longevity for me as, like, Battlefield 3, Battlefield 4, which are my two most played competitive multiplayer games ever. So, um, I'm very excited about it. I mean, there's still things to be concerned about, um, in the future, but I'm quite pleased with it. I think anybody that just cares about the base gameplay of battlefield is going to be very happy with battlefield 5 yeah i totally agree i think that battlefield 5 is off to a great start Uh, i'm a little bit concerned about their rollout of content and their ability to deliver on those things uh especially considering there's not a huge money incentive now that they're not paying for premium but i at this point i mean i'm I'm really satisfied with what they've done so I'm, i'm gonna choose to be optimistic about the future uh all right justin thanks so much for your time yeah thank you zach Of course. All right, and everybody, keep in mind that we stream our podcast every Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Otherwise, throughout the week, you can check us out as we stream various other shows or even games. Uh, Thanks so much for your time, and be good to each other.